Yeah, no, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I'm a little bit hesitant to say those words because I did a a wedding about a week ago uh, down in uh, Louisiana, past New Orleans, down in the swamps. And it was uh, a young girl that uh, grew up with my daughter, and they'd ask me, oh, we'd love Mr. Kendall to come. Like, okay, I'm good. Louisiana, let's go. So I went. And uh, we were there, and uh, I'll say this. I've never been in a wedding where there were, I mean, this, there were thousands upon thousands of dollars, like, spent on this wedding. I mean, it was unreal. I'm sitting like, this is crazy. And it's like down in the swamps in Louisiana. It's like, you know, the swamp wedding, which sounds like a reality TV show, but uh, <laughs> it's swamp weddings. But, I, you know, so we're, we're, I'm down there, and um, so, you know, <laughs> it's crazy, all right? It's like we're, you know, the, as soon as we see the bride, she's crying and like just weeping and like, oh, dear, okay. I've seen that before. It's very stressful. Now, it really is, especially uh, for the ladies. I mean, this, this is the pinnacle of their kind of deal, and I totally understand, you know. So, but I was watching her come down the aisle, didn't have a father to give her away. And uh, by the time she got there, and I'm like going, (laughs) and I'm just thinking, I'm just, I'm so glad that this young, beautiful lady is a part of my daughter's life. You know, I mean, it's like they're part of our family, our life. Then I start crying, and I can't stop. I'm going, wait, wait. Let's just wait, please. And, okay, now, these are two black families. We're the only white people there. And, you know, and they're like going, what, what, what's going on with him? What's that about? Like, I, I go, I don't know. It touched my heart to watch that and to see that because my daughter, hopefully, Lord willing, she'll be coming down the aisle this year. We're wanting to see her get married. So she's, yes, uh, there is that need. As she feels it, we all feel it like, yes, she needs to do that. So, uh, so anyway, but, and what I'm saying is, I, I remember opening that service with, uh, it, it's an honor to be here, and then I see her, and she's in her white gown, and she's just crying, and the, you know, all the makeup is dropping on her, and I'm going, oh, you know, because in some ways, you know, you almost feel like, man, that's, you know, she's part of, she's family, very much, and uh, so it was very, it was great. I love Louisiana. And uh, I did have an unusual experience over there as soon as I uh, got out. And we, I'm not going to go into that because I can, I've got to watch myself in small group, be pl- praying for me. You know how I can go off on, especially, see, I'm not real prepared. So I could be just telling you some weird stories. Actually, the title sermon, uh, the sermon uh, title is Divine Ramblings. Okay, now... <laughs> Now, 
But understand, <laughs> divine is in quotation marks, okay? I don't know how divine this is. Uh, and then I'll let you know this too, and the reason why, whenever I go, it's, it's an honor to be here. Well, number one, I hadn't been behind a pulpit in a long time. I really have not. Uh, I mean, I guess that I probably preach. I don't, I don't know how to define that or how to, you know, I think that I do. In reality, we all preach because our lives reflect something of God or something not of God. We're all a witness. So in other words, whatever we're doing, there's something that's coming through us and out of us. So that's, uh, that's the kind of deal that it is. We're made to do that. One time I was in a church down by La Battery. I was sharing there. I don't think that I had the uh, message that day. But um, no, that's a story I probably shouldn't share with y'all. I, I do get... <laughs> okay, well, I will share it. And uh, please keep your mind... Okay, so... I will... I'm getting there. The problem is I've got like two chapters of the Bible to go through just to kind of like read and then I'm just going to go, well, I'll just tell you what I think about that and this. And like, so I'm a little hesitant. That just shows unprepared, but hey, the Lord's here. He'll help us. And I'll tell you some other time about the uh, plexiglass podium. So I appreciate that. Yes, we do need to go to uh, scripture. Okay. Well, good. Now, I may try to venture out because y'all uh, look very far away. My eyes are not, uh, I'm in my later 50s, so, you know, I'd like to see y'all a little closer. Long distance here. So, but anyway, what I, what I would like to talk about today, uh, which I thought would be good just because, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to pick something out, but it's going to have to do with uh, demons and uh, that is always exciting. If you go on TV, there's always something, you know, with that, you know, like, ooh, okay. So anyway, if you would, look in your Bible. And we don't have, I have not, I literally was asking Stan, like, I don't have anything, man. I know you asked me, but I don't have anything to share. Like, and then it's like, oh, I've got to, he's... He's down for the count. So, I'm going, all right, here we go. We'll do that. Uh, so anyway, you can turn in your Bibles, Luke eleven twenty, And uh, we're going to look at a scripture there. Then we're going to go to, if you want to put your finger in the other place, it'll be in uh, Luke chapter 4. I was trying to say earlier, at the wedding, whenever I said it's an honor to be here, and then everything that was going on, all the dynamics... It made me like, okay, I mean, it touched my heart. I am going to be this selfish today, if you don't mind, because in reality, uh, in, in, you know, I say it, and I try to say things that would be a little bit, you know, somewhat humorous, but it, at the same time, it's, it's very much kind of a reality. For, for whatever it's worth in my journey in the Lord, this church is very much like uh, my my rehab, 
my recovery as a minister. So, now I'm not, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make you all feel like, oh, okay, let's help the young guy. He's getting back. Okay, but, you know, it's like I've got to be truthful with myself. Yeah? And uh, I think that's one of the greatest things that uh, we all should do is to be able to be comfortable enough to be who we are and, uh, you know, <laughs> to walk together in that. Actually, I think that's the will of God. And that's why we need to be very much, very much open uh, to what what God is saying to us, where God is taking us. And uh, I just say, I'll say this, thank you that you're, you're listening. Actually, some of my wandering around is so that I don't get emotional. Uh, but I'm extremely grateful uh, to Stan and the friendship that we have had for many years. Just who Stan is. Stan and I are the same age. Uh, we actually kind of, if you were to watch our lives, actually my children about the same age as his. If you were to look at, you know, Stan and I, we, we go and eat breakfast and everything. And so there's, a, there's kind of a great parallel. And to tell you the truth, if, if you, okay, everybody's got their kind of work deal you understand what goes into where you work and what you do, whether you be a teacher, lawyer, whatever, all right? Same thing in terms of pastoral ministry. And just to let you know, a lot of guys that Stan and I started out with are no longer in the ministry. Because ministry is a tough thing. And I'm, I'm telling you, I sincerely appreciate him, very much a brother. Uh, some of his giftings that I lack have been a strength to me and part of my healing. And what we, uh, we must understand is that is a part of the way the body of Christ works. And I'm extremely grateful uh, for our friendship, you know. And, and the greatest thing is, in the kingdom of God... God will hook you up with people that you don't even like. Okay, we come from such different backgrounds. But it's like, man, we can relate and walk with one another because we know Jesus. We have that bond that puts us together. And it's like, man, that is great. That is the will of God. So please understand. If you have new people come. People come in, they're different or whatever. God is trying to yoke you up with somebody that is totally different than who you are because in the process of that yoking, one's going to be going like, let's go. The other's going, I don't want to go. And then you have this tension going on, right? Because you've got two things going on at the same time and they're different people. But guess what? That's God's process to, to break us and bring us into a place where we're able to walk in sync with what the will of God is and what the Holy Spirit is saying. So we must have that kind of tension. Uh, that's very important. 
If you ask, you know, uh, for whatever reason, Stan and I are yoked up in terms of the, the ministry of the kingdom. He is much more one that is pulling forward. I'm dragging my heels going, I don't want to go, you know. It was manifest this morning because I woke up going, I don't want to, what? I don't want, no. Stan, please. In Jesus' name, be healed. Get out of bed. <laughs> Come on, Stan. Come on. Jesus loves you. Get up. I don't want, okay. So, all right. So anyway, I'm extremely grateful. Let's look in uh, Luke 11 and verse 20. And we'll uh, take it from there and kind of see how we go. Then we're going to flip back to Luke 4, but uh, Luke eleven twenty, And uh, the scripture there says, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm dropping into uh, something that's already being spoken and gone through in the scripture, okay? So I'm just trying to pull something out there so that we can kind of get an idea of what I'm trying to trying to hit today with my divine rim leads. So 1120 says, but if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. I just want to say this in terms of uh, the first thing that would come to my mind whenever I hear that is this. There, there is a place where we can walk in God there is a place where there is enough clarity in terms of our walk with Jesus and following him that wherever we begin to go in our journey with God, we're going to stir up stuff. Things are going to get stirred up. Now, I have a real, I, I like that, but I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? I like it as long as it doesn't affect me and my family or whatever. Whenever I begin to feel that, and I'm sorry, it's because I'm getting older. Uh, I don't, you know, probably need to go to the doctor, figure out what my levels are, thyroid, this and that, whatever. But I, it's like the, the, the issue is I love conflict, but then I also hate it at the same time, you know? But this is the issue. Is it the gospel that Jesus called us to proclaim? Is not one where, Lord Jesus, save me so I can be with you. Actually, it's the gospel of the kingdom, which is the will of God done in the earth. Very, very important. And I, and I sincerely encourage you to, to make that mental shift. And you go, well, that sounds like a new deal. Well, no, go read all the Gospels. It's the kingdom of God that Jesus came to try to share with us. And what is that? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth. Oh, we're to pray that way. It's not thy kingdom come, so we can be saved and then go be with you out of this world that is falling apart. I'm of the opinion, the scripture points, that we're here for a purpose to deal with the issues in the conflict of life. That's what the kingdom of God is. That is why whenever we look at this scripture and Jesus is in, in a discussion with the religious folks, they're kind of challenging him. 
And he's going, hey, listen, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. How would we take that? That means that God can bring us to a point where we are walking clear enough with him. That is called by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit. Being open to the Holy Spirit. If that's going on, it always has to do with the context of the will of God being done. Uh, If I can just say this, the biggest thing that I feel that the charismatic church, which I've been very much part of, discipled within that whole world, I've been discipled in several worlds, which a lot of people don't like, because it's like you can't, that's like water and oil, you can't mix it. Like, no, no, no. The purposes of God, you need to go and check it out. Glean from every part of the body of Christ. You must do that. That's not an option in the day that we live in. It's sincerely not. You must be open and listening to the will of God and what God is saying within different parts of the body. But, but that's very true. It is extremely true. Seriously, guys. I mean, in the day that we live in, and you need to, you need to fellowship with people outside of our little deal. We're living in a new day. Uh, do y'all realize how much the the internet uh, runs our lives, right? You understand that there are things that are flowing into your life. I don't care who you are, what your perspective is. If you are on the internet, you're getting perspectives across the world in a way where borders have totally disappeared. And that means that you must be open. Why? I don't know if I need to be open to that. That might be the devil. Well, it could be that actually God has set it up that way. Because God's will needs to be done within the entire world, the entire universe. So I believe that the Holy Spirit, if you're listening for the voice of God, there's a lot that you can learn from all the different perspectives. I think you need to be a mature disciple to do that uh, because you're going to be confronted with uh, different spiritualities that uh, may challenge where you're at. So be mature. That means we need to grow up. So anyway, as you notice, I'm rambling here. Anyway, but 1120, when it says that, but I, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's a very, very uh, poignant thing. And I do believe this, uh, and I'm speaking only experientially. There is a place where you can get in your walk with God where there will be times when uh, you stir things up. I have a young guy that is, uh, he spent the night, uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, he called up, it was like 1030 I'm just kind of getting in. He's going, man, I need to come and I need to come stay with you. He moved from uh, Slidell and he moved over here. He's trying to get settled in. He's got him a couple of jobs. He's, you know, he he he, go, he goes and gets it. But um, he grew up in our neighborhood and uh, he had a, a lot of challenging things that went on. And somehow because my kids knew him and so 
we're invited over and, you know, it's that whole kind of deal. So he's like, a, I think he's 31, 32, but he called me up. He goes, man, I can't, you know, he's moved in with these guys down in Midtown. He's going, man, they're, they're poor, you know, they're, they have things on the table that are illegal and I don't want to be around like, okay, so I come on, sleep upstairs and uh, do that. But in my talking with him, uh, one of the things that, that kind of began to come out and uh, we could see is that whenever you start to try to, to take a stand and try to, to secure yourself, not just within your salvation, but you're open to going, okay, I understand that the purpose of life is that I am finding out what the will of God is. And actually, that is the fun of the Christian life, is that you're able to find out what is God's will, and I'm listening, Lord, show me as I walk through this day. What do I need to do? What do I need to say? So I was very proud of him because, you know, he, he's had to go through uh, some different things. He got involved in a lot of things of the world and all that kind of deal, and uh, I'm extremely proud that he that he removed himself from that kind of environment and he feels that our place our home is a safe place and uh very grateful for that uh but there's a lot of times that whenever you you begin to to sincerely and passionately walk after god things can get stirred up and and if i could say uh there's been a lot of stirring going on within uh our church let me encourage you It's probably because we're bumping up against something. And it's causing friction. It's causing conflict. So in other words, we need to understand, maybe even in all of our sinfulness and everything, we're somehow approaching the will of God as a body. And so what I'm trying to say is, don't be upset whenever there are these kind of bizarre things that kind of begin to pop up as we are going, man, Lord Jesus, we want to follow you. We want to do your will. Like, yeah, come on. Like, it looks like chaos. Come, come on. Keep following me. That's part of the program. I thought I was going to be happy and blessed and like you, you will be, but embrace the pain, embrace the pain of what's going on. You do remember whenever Jesus said, if anyone follows me, maybe to die himself, pick up his cross and follow me. I'll tell you what it means. It means that I'm fixing to, to push something on you that I feel maybe you're going, what? Okay. So, whenever we're called by Jesus, there is no way to follow him except to that we bear our own cross. And our own cross is the cross of redemption to us specifically. Jesus died for the sins of the world, but there are things that he is going to make us die to. That's called following him. So there is a personal cross doesn't mean that you're going to be, you know, nailed to a wooden 
cross or whatever, but it means that if you follow Jesus, you must understand part of the nature and character of God is that we are dying to who we are and becoming alive to him. That's the nature of it. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 4. It's, it's extremely uh, a long thing that I'm trying to cover here. So I'm going to try to make it as short as I can. But uh, let's read some scripture together. So Luke 4. I've always enjoyed uh, Luke 4. And this is totally my default message. It's like, okay, I'll just drop back into this. So some of y'all have maybe heard me talk a little bit about this. But, but it is a very important deal. Uh, Luke chapter 4 starts off, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days. Being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God... Tell these, this stone to, to become bread. Okay, let me just stop there and say. The first thing that we find is that because Jesus, being the sinless Son of God, very open to the voice of God, and he knows that he's fixing to embark on his ministry within the world, the Lord sends him into the wilderness, the place where there is no human comforts, it's like it is you and God and the rocks and the sand, and you're there. So you're there, and for 40 days, he is praying and seeking the will of God. If you know the scripture says there, it's at the end of the 40 days, he began to become hungry. And when he was hungry, that is kind of whenever the enemy began to speak, and he's listening. One of the things, if you look through this, and uh, the, the verse that I, uh, that I kind of ended with, there are three, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Okay? What I would encourage you to do is this. The moment that whenever you hear that within Scripture, is there another place that comes to your mind whenever it goes, if you are the son of God, is there anything that echoes within the, the story of the Bible that comes up in your mind? Can you think of the Garden of Eden? God said, but... Oh, that's the introduction of Satan. So Satan makes you come and begin to question what he has said and who you actually are. Now this is interesting. Because Jesus being led into the wilderness, into the, the, the desert or whatever, and then whenever God begins to lead him to a place to where his ministry is going to begin, Satan comes when he is weak and he has not had any nourishment for his body or whatever, and Satan comes to make him begin to question who he is. And that is something that is very important. Because we must understand who we are in Christ. You know, well, it's easy. Well, Jesus, well, of course he knows 
who he is. But guess what? Jesus is our pattern that we follow. And just like I said earlier, if we follow Jesus, we must pick up our cross. And one of the first crosses that's going to come to your life is a question of who are you? Who are you? Who does God say that you are? And at the same time, what is the enemy telling you that you are? So there's always going to be these voices, you know, the kind of proverbial Satan and angel on the shoulder. But it's very true. And especially if you're wanting to be led by the Spirit, you're going to hear things speaking to you. And you must stay grounded in the Word of God in terms of that. And obviously, if you read through this, that's kind of what went on. But I just want to point out, Jesus being tempted... And Satan's trying to to, uh, question who he is. Jesus always responds with the word. Jesus responds with the word. Why would Jesus respond with the word? Jesus is the word. Why would he have to respond with the word? Why? Because he is trying to give us an insight of how we follow him. And you do need to know this. Scripture clearly tells us that Jesus did nothing within his divine prerogative. Jesus did not do everything like going, oh, well, I'm the son of God. I don't care what you say. We'll just move that around. Listen, I am divine. I am God. No. Jesus did everything that he did within his human life as a human being being led by the Spirit. Well, I don't know, man. God can come in and do anything. Listen to me. If Jesus died for all of your sins, if Jesus died for everything that is hanging you up and rebellious in your spirit toward God, that means for redemption to be full, Jesus walked it out as a man. Why? He's redeeming us in our fallen humanness. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews has got several scriptures that deal with that whole issue. And what you need to understand, whenever Jesus came, he was a Jewish young man who was walking out life, following the Spirit of God. And so at the very beginning of his ministry, that is a point where Satan is going to try to To make him doubt. Why? Because this is the biggest game going on. This is the biggest game in the cosmos. You understand? This is the biggest thing that has affected humanity in all of God's creation. It is that sin has come in and cut us off from God. And our life is being called by His Spirit, by His love, to, to, to follow and push through that. And the beautiful thing is we have Jesus demonstrating that to us. And He doesn't pull the trump card going, it's getting too hard, man. Hey, I'm the Son of God. I, yeah, okay, there it is. No. Jesus is within Himself as a human being combating the temptation of Satan by the Word of God and trying to stay in sync with the Holy Spirit. Very, very important. It's our example. 
It's what we're called to. But notice this. I do want to walk through this real quickly. You're going to just just follow through chapter uh, 4. I want to point out some things on this. So we find that... um, Chapter 4, verse 3. Now look at your Bibles. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, we just read that. Look at verse 9. It says, And he was, uh, uh, and he led him, that is, Satan led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, Really? You're who you say you are? Well, let's see you do this. This is the question that keeps being driven home. If you are the Son of Man, if you are who you say you are, Philippians says that Jesus poured himself out from his divine investment. Poured himself out in terms of His love toward us. So Jesus is in his human body without sin. I don't know. Okay, when Jesus went to the cross, what was it on the cross that that he brought to the cross that was divine? Because there's got to be a transfer. It was his sinlessness. Okay, here, please. That is a very important thing to understand. Because there is no way that you are going to, in this life, get to the place where you feel like, well, praise God, I've crossed from the human to the divine. I'm sorry, that will not happen. But Jesus walked through the human experience and did not give in to temptation. And he was able to weld strength spiritually. There was a challenge. You cannot divorce the cross from the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit from the cross. And that's a big issue within a lot of the church today. So, all right, well, let's quickly. So you see there in verse 9, same thing. If you're the Son of God, notice that. Look in verse 34 to give you a real quick cause. I don't want to to carry on too much longer. What happens? Jesus comes out of the wilderness. Notice verse 13 quickly if you're, if you're following there. Just notice. It says in 13, it says, When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him uh, until an opportune time. So in other words, Satan lost that battle, but Satan was going to be coming back to come at Jesus. And then it says in 14, And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Notice, go back to chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. Now some say, okay, you're making it. Well, there is a distinction. There is a distinction here, guys. Notice this. You start walking in God, and you have the Holy Spirit. It's not until you go through a time of testing and trial until you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Please hear that. This is Discipleship 101. Be blessed. Get the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But guess what? 
The Holy Spirit, the evidence of having the Holy Spirit is trouble. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to have trouble. If you're following God, you're going to have trouble. Well, that sounds weird. I thought it was, you know, if you have the Holy Spirit, you get this beautiful angelic mess. Oh, language. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Do it. But I'm telling you, the core issue has to do with you and your life with Jesus. And if he said, follow me and pick up your cross, that means that <laughs> the cross means suffering. It means tribulation. But that's the pathway into God's kingdom. Oh, yes, we get beat to death and we go to heaven. No, no, no. Look, what is the scripture saying there? Verse one, Jesus, full of the spirit, goes into the wilderness. Wilderness is testing, trial. Boom, boom. Who are you, Jesus? You're not really the son of God. Who are you? Jesus stays within the framework of the spoken word, which brings all things into order. And and when he comes out of that, he's walking in the power of the spirit, not just the fullness of the spirit. Uh, So, okay, let's look at verse 34 of Luke 4. Uh, now Jesus is doing this. Jesus is going, boy, this, there's so much in this that I could bring up. You know, Jesus goes to the synagogue, which is the local church. They go in at the synagogue and in the synagogue, Jesus is like, you know, it says, the scripture says it's his custom. He goes to church, which is the synagogue. So he goes within there, and then they open the scroll, and he goes, hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and I've come to set the captives free, and all this kind of deal. He closes or rolls up the scroll, and he goes, and the Scripture says, all eyes are on him, which means the Holy Spirit is working because we can run our mouths in a lot of ways, and people are going, oh, you're not even there with what's going on. Well, sometimes the Holy Spirit can get into it and you're going, what? Well, Jesus speaks those words from Isaiah, closes the scroll, and he goes, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. Okay, read the, read the chapter. And they go, isn't that sweet? That, <laughs> that's Joseph's son. You know, he's come to the local community synagogue. And Joseph's son. And I, he's a little deluded. He thinks... What? That he's the fulfillment of Isaiah? Oh, poor little Joseph's son. Oh, one day he'll learn. Well, the only problem was is that Jesus started walking it out. Jesus started walking it out. And look at these verses. Look at 34. Jesus ministering and I don't know what to say. I'll try to be diplomatic, but it seems like within the church, uh, within the time of Jesus, there were people that were possessed by demons (laughs) within the church. So uh, I guess it made it convenient if Jesus needed to deal with, he was there and he could deal with, but anyway. So anyway, there were people within the church that were not following the voice of God. They actually were following 
the voice of the enemy. And uh, they, they, ha- they were in bondage. And so you find there in the scripture that Jesus, whenever those things came up and Jesus confronted it, this is what they said. He said, let us alone. What business do you have with each of us or with each other? Notice there. Let us alone. What business do we have uh, with each other? Jesus of Nazareth? Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy One of God. So the people in the house of God did not know who Jesus was. But those who were being in bondage and dominated by the spirit of the world, they identified Jesus immediately. They said, huh, hey, what are you doing here? You're messing everything up. Everybody in the church is going, he is crazy. Why does he make people act that way? What is that guy doing? And the guy's going, hey, this is not the time. Jesus going, yeah, it is the time. You got to evacuate out. Thank you. And he deals with the bondage. Uh, okay, look at verse uh, 41. Now, if you read all through this, man, Jesus is just moving in his ministry. He's touching, healing. He is doing all of this stuff. And then in 41, what does it say again? Demons also were coming out of many shouting, you are the son of God. Wow. Demons are saying, you are the one. The church is going, it's Joseph's little boy. (laughs) He'll grow up one day. Wow. What I want to, to kind of bring it all together to let you know is this. What is the moral of this story? Number one is this. Whenever God works in your life and God brings salvation in your life, where is the place, the seat of him working? It is the depth of your heart. That makes Christianity different from every other world religion. Whenever Jesus died for our sins, it was a radical, it was at the point of where the problem was. And it's with your human heart. It's because we are all born in sin and we have sin. And Jesus is able to come and deal radically with the issue of what is in your heart. And he does it. That's the base of our salvation. Now, if you walk with him in that... And you walk with Him, and as you mature and grow by His Spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit that brings redemption to you in the name of Jesus. And once He is in, and you begin to walk with Him in a relationship, and you are saying, I want to be open to you, that you can do through me what needs to be done in the world. The kingdom of God. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus going, all right, 
You want that? I'll give it to you. You can keep up. You're asking for trouble. Lord, I want to just follow you. You're going to be led into trouble. I want to follow you anyway, Lord. Okay. And then that's when the fun begins because you're going to get in trouble. Closing thoughts. Well, I saw that there was another scripture there. Uh, you know the story in Acts. Uh, Acts 19 may have came to your mind as I'm sharing that where, you know, there were these uh, Jewish uh, sons of a priest and they're going around in Jesus name we adjure you to come out and like the demonically possessed guy says uh, uh, Jesus we know and Paul we know but who are you and then the spirit began to rip their clothes off and it was a very spectacular thing that would make the news because it was so out of the ordinary but the interesting thing is, is that it does speak to something. We can walk in a way in which we can be known within the counsel of God. We can be known within the, the realm of where the will of God is at. And if you're known there, God will use you in places to bring the things up that need to be brought up. Please always remember, though, it starts within our heart. Okay? The reason they were known in heaven is because they knew who Jesus was. And they were walking with him. They kept in sync with the pace of the Lord. And in doing that, it was the power of Jesus working through them that brought it. It wasn't their formula. Formulas don't work. It's who you know and how you walk with them that works.